Welcome back to Realm Podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Robert Williams, and today I'm uh, still joined uh, with Brian. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Thanks, Robert. Brian Waltermeyer, founder, CEO, DLT, Alert, the Cyber Warranty Embedded Service. I think uh, something that's going to be fun is going back and listening to all these and seeing how many different ways you introduce the CEO DLT title and <laughs> all of those. Uh, I'm but, sure that was different than the last one. <laughs> but uh, it it's funny, though, because one of the things I want to talk about in this particular episode actually is uh, your journey from, as I understand, I mean, I've known you for years at this point, but from essentially, as I understand it, a Wall Street person to coming up with a new cyber warranty focused tech company like how did how do you go from point a to point b and you know what was in there okay um yeah so you know i'll try to make it as interesting as possible the uh the wall street segment was 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 the first part of the my career you know basically finance trading all that stuff and uh investment banking was a later part of, of that progression through the investment banking. There was uh, some activities that I was part of that led me to an opportunity in the cloud hosting space. And that opportunity led to uh, you and I working together, mm -hmm. uh, a whole bunch of other people working together. And the, the main theme, a lot, a lot of my kind of just behavior is at least for occupational is driven. Investing is, is driven by like macro themes and, what I'm seeing or feeling or thinking. And the theme was, was really security focused. So the, the cloud company that uh, I acquired was really a high density, highly secure, redundant cloud, uh, much, much higher enterprise quality than an AWS uh, with everything regard to service, infrastructure, networking, secure, Every, everything was, was just, the highest levels, um, you know, but part of the problem was, was there was a, a price tag associated with that. And mm -hmm. as cloud computing became more commoditized as what we see today, again, this is, this is over 10 years ago. Um, you know, businesses migrated more towards the actual commodity pricing, cheap compute and e you know, ease of use than more of the customized uh, high enterprise, but that experience, like I said, was driven by looking for a highly secure delivery mechanism of a somewhat of a commodity service at the time. So really wanted to be more on the security end of things, segment ourselves, provide value that way. Um, it, it didn't work out exactly as planned, but what it did do is it led us into the managed service realm as a managed service IT provider and really dealing more hands-on with not the cloud infrastructure, although that was part of what we did, but more into the client infrastructure and monitoring services and providing remediation services and backup services and cloud services for them. And through those experiences, through working closely with clients and their environment and their problems, we really got a firsthand experience of <laughs> everything that happens on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. good and bad. And, you know, again, this is all predicated on security, a 
you know, kind of more of a darkening period of, of time for, for people and for businesses and, and what, what will be needed and consumed by those businesses to help get through those times. That, that's my own macro thesis. It's much more detailed, but I won't bore you with it. <laughs> but essentially, what are, what are the things that are going to be important to businesses to continue to advance and make progress through this period of time that I'm been forecasting. And it, so it's always been in this security mindset, secure. We've done some zero trust networking as really pioneers in that space. We, we helped build uh, the largest zero trust network for disparate healthcare organizations over that time, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool with, with um, not a new technology, but a, a novel deployment of a technology and um, very rewarding. So everything has always been kind of architecting, looking, how does it mesh with this, this overall global macro picture that I have? And what are the tools that are actually applicable and useful for businesses today? And, you know, at the end of the day, through those experiences, really dealing with businesses, small, medium businesses, small enterprise, dealing with their day-to-day operations, inevitably we get roped into, like I said, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bad are like anything in life, typically more uh, rewarding from a teaching perspective. Very but, um, you know, we saw firsthand a lot of uh, the cyber attacks that started occurring as a result of the remote workforce during COVID uh, lockdowns and shutdowns and the vulnerabilities that were being exploited during that time. So um, it was really during that time that we saw that, wow, you know, the cyber insurance really isn't cutting it. Uh, for the for the carrier, or for the the client, the business that's that's you know being protected by this stuff, uh, I'm not saying that they didn't do what they said. We just saw a lot of problems in that process and began to do what we do as architect solutions and figure out a way to do it better. Is kind of like the entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. Right. But uh, essentially, that's it. You know, it was it was a you know. You know, a lot of ups and downs at the cloud hosting service company and now of extremely strong interest and initial demand for the cyber warranty. So uh, we're improving as we go, but we're still following the path of security, of protecting and of, um, you know, ensuring one's position as kind of the environment gets um more arduous in, in some ways. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah. But that's a, it's, it's an interesting journey. Um, obviously, like I said, one, one that I think is unique, but um, I mean, it's like, it seems like you are very big on the, anytime there's an oopsies moment, there's something to take away from it, something to learn. And, Definitely. If I can understand correctly, kind of the genesis of DLT came from one of these incidents from the MSP side. And you just kind of looked at how that process went and went like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there was. I mean, there was, as you recall, many incidents starting in <laughs> the spring of 2020, shortly after yep. COVID. Hit yeah. The all US. the COVID lockdowns. Uh, yep. And, and we were really surprised at how many clients of ours that were getting hit. Um, 
And most of our clients at the time were backup clients. So what they were looking for for us is to retrieve data, restore, right. rebuild servers and things of that nature. Um, it, it was it was a very productive time. And, um, you know, it was a good time for us to help out our customers to really say, hey, look, see, you do you do need this service eventually, right? <laughs> right, and, yeah. Albeit maybe not such a happy time for them, but we were able to help them. And a few of those incidents in particular had the need for uh, cyber insurance, um, some personnel issues and things that we were really roped into on a deeper level, mm -hmm. um, a professional service or a consulting level for the non-MSP people out there. And um, dealing with the insurance companies, here's an example. After I'd say five to six months of one of our clients being fully failed over in our cloud from our cloud backups, that's the service we were providing to them, turning them on in the cloud because their, their, their on-prem infrastructure had been completely tainted, locked with ransomware, and they decided to shut it down and wipe it and rebuild it. Mm -hmm. They're running from our cloud, our support for close to five to six months. And the client had asked me to discuss, you know, some of our charges and our service that we were providing to them in this emergency time with their insurance carrier so they could get those, they're having trouble getting our, our costs covered because they maybe weren't explaining them right. So I had a conversation with the claims adjuster person, very nice person, but she knew little, very little about IT services, which is surprising if you're working on a cyber um, insurance team because very surprising. those services are inevitably needed um, in a time when the insurance would kick in or right. a claim would be filed. So one incident I remember, <laughs> She didn't know what a VM was for all of us. It's a virtual machine or a, a cloud-based server. Um, <laughs> and she kept asking, what are all these VMs that, that our client, this client is being charged for? So those are called virtual machines. Well, what are they? Those are the servers that we replicated in the cloud from in their office so they can continue their business. Otherwise they would be shut down. But why do they need a VM? And I said, you know what, let's take about 10 steps back. I literally went to uh, Wikipedia, typed in virtual machine <laughs> and sent her a copy of that. And not to be you know, rude or anything, but to, okay, I see what we're working with. And I'm not trying to point fun at this person. It, it's really just sort of endemic of a lot of the people in the space. This is a highly technical space Insurance is one animal, cybersecurity and IT services are another. To know all of them, it, it, it takes a lot. And um, it was really during those conversations where I was like, my gosh, the questions that she's asking is eating so much time, days and weeks, just for clarification, because she didn't already understand it. And that's money out of the insurance carrier's pocket, right? Yeah. Those costs are being passed on to them, maybe in whole or in part, um, but the, the costs costs are, are, are ringing, right? Yeah. So always, it was that that's one example, but it really became clear that this runway to get the client his bills paid, 
to get his <clears throat> operations, his machines rebuilt, all these things. It was taking so egregiously long. Now, our MSP was a recipient of that, so I, I'm not complaining, right? <laughs> but saw how wasteful it was. This could be improved, essentially, right? And if that can be improved, what else can be improved? And it was during that time of, uh, like I explained in the other episode, that you know some new blockchain technologies were being realized to be very useful outside of things like Bitcoin as a business process. Mm -hmm. So being the architects that we are, we began to discuss these business processes and it was just kind of like one of those light bulb moments where, okay, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of inefficiencies. There's some things that could be done better. We have firsthand experience um, in both of these worlds and we started putting DLT together. So that was really the, you know, kind of the nexus of, of what DLT alert um, was as a, as a thought now to an actual business. <laughs> yeah, now and now here we are. And I mean, if I remember, <laughs> that particular incident that you're referring to, they were in our cloud for five or six months. And the only reason they stopped was because the insurance was paying for their onsite to be rebuilt. And right. that took, that's why it was five or six months is, is like, to me, that's, that's absolutely wild that like, Oh, Hey, from, yeah. from incident, you know, whatever the problem happened, let's just say, January 1st problem happened. Oh, Hey, we're in the cloud. It's not till the summer your on site is ready to go again. That's yeah, that's it doesn't make any wildly sense. inefficient. So I right. you know, definitely understand, you know, we want to, we want to help things speed up because I mean, from two perspectives, one is the client and through the insurance company, they're paying to be in the cloud, which obviously if they had an on site, they don't want to pay for cloud because it's too expensive. That's debatable right. these days with how cheap it's become. But irrelevant to the conversation right now. And so the insurance is paying out because they got to, you know, Hey, you have cyber insurance, so we're going to pay for you while you're getting rebuilt. And then they got to pay to rebuild the site, and everything just takes so long when it's like, yeah. I mean, I feel like you could just hire a private contractor to get an onsite. I mean, if your it guys don't know how to rebuild the environment, which I feel like that's a different discussion. Uh, but if they, if they're going to pay to rebuild the environment, why is it going to take more than 30 days? Especially if you already have a template and you already know how everything's going to fit together. It's so, yeah, so inefficient. Well, the, well, the easy answer is the consultants are uh, incentivized to take their time. And right. if the insurance carrier who's hired the consultant or recommended the consultant to rebuild the environment is not really too savvy in the time to rebuild uh, what exactly they are doing, if they don't understand what a VM is, True. not much else needs to be really said. So, you kind of have, okay, yeah, do this. We trust you. And he's like, great. I'll see you guys in half a year. Um, just keep paying me. <laughs> right. And, and that, and that's where we saw, because we understood what it really takes. We understand that you can, you can build a VM in hours, not days yeah. or months. You can fail back from the cloud in minutes or hours, depending on the, you know, all these things we said, it wasn't just, oh, wow, th that wasn't really done too well. It was like, my gosh. Everything about this experience is wildly inefficient. I can't imagine how much it costs the insurance carrier in this one instance. And we kept seeing it over and over again. And so, you know, it was, you know, there's there, there was a big piece of wasted pie, if you will, <laughs> to 
eradicate. And that's that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the good news is they did have backups and we were able to spin them up in our cloud. Right, yeah. And I think that's that's a very important thing. A lot of, when when the lockdown of the covid and all that start started happening, a lot of a lot of people finally jumped on the bandwagon of getting backups because yeah, that's true. I think a lot of people are very much just the, Oh, I don't need backups. Nothing's going to happen to me. Oh, we're a small business. But then it's like, Oh no, your whole system got ransomware. Sorry. Yeah. And it's like, that's devastating to small businesses because they just don't have the resources to just keep going. Some of the larger businesses, it's like, Oh, Hey, we don't have backups. We got hit with ransomware. Ah, just wipe the servers and rebuild them. We'll just keep chugging along. Smaller businesses no, don't true. really have that luxury, so yeah. And and if and if they're down for weeks or some something like this, it doesn't really matter if they get that insurance check cut to them in three months because the business is done, right? Yeah. So seeing the knowing that, and also seeing that there was a migration to more IT services like cloud backups, some more secure services like endpoint detection and response. Mm-hmm. EDR, yeah. Then, then again, the architecture is clicking, clicking, clicking. Well, if we embedded directly with those tools, could we start to eliminate some of the waste in the process that we've seen, and still provide a viable product that can be used by the business when they need it? That that was kind of the 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 objective that came to light as a causation of these issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyways. <laughs> getting back on track here the um so i before we kind of close out i just wanted to ask a question of you came as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode you came from wall street into a managed service into creating a cyber warranty company what what is something from a non-it perspective that you learned getting into it that you think should be widely known something about it uh, yeah like something that you didn't really know of uh, about it like maybe uh, like okay. i just mentioned like the, the, the importance of backups or the importance of patches and things like that uh what's something that like kind of like you've taken away from now being in the it sphere if you will yeah i mean what i would say is one i'll qualify myself at the beginning of this process from the wall street to cloud it transition when I was talking to the the owners of the of the business that was that we acquired, I really didn't know what a server was outside of a box that I'd seen in the closets at our hedge fund. <laughs> okay, I think it's some kind of computer. Um, it's fast. <laughs> You're not <laughs> wrong. Like, you, you know what I you know, and, and yeah. so that was really the starting point. So qualify with that, and you can understand I'm certainly not making fun of that insurance uh, adjuster when I qualify her because I was because you <laughs> were there. less knowledgeable <laughs> when I started. Um, but what I would say about what I've learned is, is that, you know, third party IT services uh, can be so valuable to a small, medium business or even a larger business, just as software is useful for everybody. It's, it's, it's just an extension of technology. And when you do it as a service, it adds scalability and typically cost reduction from what it can be done by itself. So I know that's kind of a broad, almost like a pitch on, on the services itself, (laughs) but I I really had no idea that, you know, 
that there's that much service to be delivered outside of Microsoft Word and things when I when I really began this journey, right? So right. When you know when you, when you look at the cyber warranty, really the the aim was was how do how do we become super valuable, super fast to pay out, frictionless, and highly scalable as a business, and you start to incorporate a lot of those pieces together. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, to me, it's just the, seeing how useful services really are, how, how necessary they are to a business and how they become more and more necessary. And, and I think a good example is like chat GPT, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the AI. Okay. Mm -hmm. if, if anyone's ever used it, it's, it's mind blowing at what this thing can produce as soon as you hit that return keystroke. Right, where Google can produce a list of search queries, this this could produce, a, you know, a, a historical, you know, document for you, custom written. It's 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 incredible. So when you see those tools being put into place, so I guess it's really about the tools that are there, that are being put into place to help people go about and you know produce their goods and services. Uh, I was really completely unaware of, and it's it's quite impressive to see how they help businesses scale. And again, I'm not trying to pitch the services, you know, that's, that's what I think is, is pretty valuable what some of these services can do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not going to disagree because there's plenty of services out there that at the end of the day, if I, if I, if I recall one of our older, one of our former clients, they didn't have an it person. They just had one dude who grew up with computers and was like 10 years younger than everybody else on the staff. And he was the de facto tech guy. Right. And yeah. that like, and I feel like a lot of, a lot of smaller companies try to get away with that as much as they can, because they don't want to pay for like an IT person or a yeah, service sure. or something like that. And it's, it's again, you know, not trying to like sell MSPs, but like having at least, somebody who knows what they're doing with these things is is game changing because there's right. you never know how many vulnerabilities are just in your firewall alone uh how many yeah. people i i could guarantee you there's plenty of businesses out there right now that have like a comcast router that's just default username password yeah and uh, no, we, I mean, we've seen it right <laughs> we've literally seen that and 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 people use weak passwords how, how about the time. the time that you uh a client forgot their their backup recovery passwords and right. you guessed them. Yeah. And <laughs> that it, it's, so it's genuinely, it genuinely, uh, well, I mean, that one's kind of upsetting that like your backup person said it to such an easily guessed password, but like that I'll definitely agree, you know, services actually, and, and definitely I think in the it world, you get what you pay for rings true for a lot of things. Um, especially when it comes to services and people that you're hiring to, to work on your environment. Now, when it comes to like antivirus, maybe not so much because a lot of the name brand ones just hog all your resources. But um, EDR, I think is circumventing a lot of the uh, resource hogging. Yeah. EDR. Very cool. Yeah. Very Sentinel cool one service. is a big one that they, they don't use very much resources at all. And that's great. Uh, yeah. But anyways, it's easy to deploy. It's a super high return on investment. It's very effective. And, uh, you know, on the 
on our cyber warranty, we've, we've embedded it with Sentinel one. Right. So our system can take the data from a client's on-prem machines that has Sentinel one running on it. And we can, we can adjudicate claims based on the feedback from Sentinel one and other outside validated sources that we use, but it's, it's really, it's really an incredible amount of data generation and validation that happens almost instantly. And that's, and, and I guess that's, I guess that would be a better answer to the, to your question. It's not just how useful these services are. It's, it's, it's the magnitude of value that these services can now provide for dollars a month per, right. per a machine. Right. It's, it's, it's quite, it's quite impressive from that, from that standpoint. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why I, I like, I like integrating with them directly because these services are cutting edge, top of the line, super effective, a lot of data, all of that data then comes in to our databases and then can be scrubbed with our AI tools to better, um, facilitate risk analysis for a client for a service that, or a product that we want to provide to the marketplace. It's, it's just super cool that to, to be at a confluence of the technologies and also delivering a valuable uh, service to businesses and our clients. Very true. And I think with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Great. And okay. uh, as always, we appreciate you listeners. If you enjoy this, feel free to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and leave us a review. And, um, uh, Thank you for listening.